Welcome back to the FKT Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Anderson. This is the episode you've been waiting for, where we reveal our FKT of the year winners. The variety of FKTs set in 2023 was incredible, ranging from fast mountain ascents to transcontinental runs and everything in between. Our winners stood out for the smashing successes on very challenging routes that took days off of the previous records. Join me today as I talk FKT of the year, the re-entry process, and what's next with Jenny Hoffman, who set the women's supported transcontinental US Transamerica run, and Carl Sabe, who set the overall supported Pacific Crest Trail FKT. Jenny and Carl, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And first of all, congratulations on FKT of the year. You both had incredible achievements. And I think the thing that gets me the most about this whole process, of course, is that there are so many different routes and it's really hard to compare. I mean, we have things from big mountain ascents to transcontinental journeys. So it's kind of an apples to oranges thing, but both of you definitely set records that really stood out. And I'm really excited to just kind of revisit what you guys did this year and kind of get your, your thoughts on this. Maybe Jenny, we'll start with you. Uh, what are your thoughts on FKT of the year and, you know, winning FKT of the year and, and your FKT that brought you here? I just love to kind of hear what you think. Well, I'm super flattered by this award. I mean, I looked at the list of names and I was in awe of some of the other accomplishments, you know, even your accomplishment, Heather, um, you were on the nominee list too. So I, this is, I did not expect it at all. And I was very excited. And, and I think, um, the thing that almost made me most excited is that my kids were really excited and it's really fun to see them proud of me and excited to maybe tackle challenges like themselves, like this themselves in the future. Um, what, what do your kids think about, you know, what you do and, and do they run? Are they, are they into it as well? Yeah, actually. So they, they mostly row, but my middle child, my 14 year old is a runner. Uh, and he did the final 11, no, more than that, maybe the final 20 miles with me um, in New York City. Um, it was on two different days. We, f- we finished in New York City Hall on Thursday night, and then we did the last 11 miles to the ocean kind of off the clock the next morning. And there was a New York Times interview, and the interviewer asked him, you know, what did, what did you learn from watching your mom do this? And he said, well, I learned I can do anything I set my mind to. And that was so heartwarming for me to hear that my son learned that. And then uh, we went home and the next day around 10 a.m. he told my husband and I said, I'm going out for a run. I'll be back in an hour or so. And we said, okay, have a good run. Two o'clock rolled around, like three or four hours later. And we're looking at our watches. Kid's not back yet. We're like, is this a parenting fail? Like, should we we do something? (laughs) So he comes back four and a half hours later. And he had taken my watch and he had run a marathon by himself. No aid stations, no planning. And he finished in 338, I think. Wow. Um, And then he had walked home. He stopped right exactly at 26.2. So it's really rewarding for me to see that my kids kind of observe what I do and take on challenges of their own. That's incredible. Carl, how about you? What do you think about FKT of the year? Yeah, also flattered, honestly, and, and um, happy. Um, yeah, I mean, FKTs are getting so popular nowadays. And, and then after such a big year again for FKTs worldwide uh, to win it, it's a, it's a big thing. So I'm, I'm honored. Yeah, I think that, you know, I mean, I've been voting for FKT of the year for I don't know, seven or eight years at this point. And it's just gotten harder and harder to pick FKT of the year Mm -hmm. because the 
just the number of amazing accomplishments has just been growing every year and just, you know, harder and harder to choose. What do your kid, well, what does your child think? He's a little younger. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's only three years old. Uh, so it's, it's very different. Um, he was there the entire Pacific Crest Trail uh, with my parents who, who joined us. Uh, but he just thinks I'm, I'm playing in the woods and, and having a good time. And, and yeah, he, it's fun to have him along, uh, every now and then and, and to see him, uh, every couple of days. Uh, but he doesn't really get at the moment what, what I'm doing and, and what I'm uh, trying to accomplish. I mean, you know, playing in the woods, he's not too far off, you know, there is a yeah, certain exactly, level of yeah. <laughs> joy and playfulness in what we do. And it's funny. Yeah. Uh, he, he did get the fact that I needed to get going all the time. So whenever I was sitting down, he was like, come on, dad, <laughs> keep, keep going, uh, get up. So that was funny. <laughs> Nothing like a toddler to get you uh, feeling lazy (laughs) and like get out of the chair and get moving. (laughs) That's fantastic. I mean, you both mentioned, obviously, that you you're aware of like, you know, the other people on the nominee list and, you know, you keep tabs a little bit on what's happening in the FKT scene. I'd love to hear like who you were impressed by for FKT of the year. Jenny, I should have done my homework for this question. Uh, I mean, the Arizona trail was just recently set, wasn't it? Um, and that one, mm-hmm. I remember crossing when I was scouting out when I thought I was going to do my route from LA to New York and we were scouting out, um, the Arizona part of that. So I remember crossing the Arizona trail and just remarking on how dry it is. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that somebody could go start to end on that seems impressive to me. Now I have to look up the list. Maybe I'm going to pass and ask Carol first. Okay, <laughs> Carol, do you have any thoughts? Like how, well, how? What, what FKTs impressed you this year? Um, so I, I think, yeah, depending also on, on distances and, and uh, yeah, certainly the shorter stuff and, and uh, multi-day stuff is, is getting very competitive. Uh, and one of the most competitive trails out there is the long trail to me uh, because it's, it's like short enough to be, yeah, pushing really hard, uh, but then it's long enough to be <laughs> very hard. Um, and so John Kelly, yeah, his record was was pretty impressive. We know each other from from competing at Barkley and, and running a few miles together at Barkley. Uh, so I was following closely, and, and that was uh, yeah, pretty impressive on, on a very competitive uh, FKT. I think you strike on something there that that like two hundred mile ish range. You know, it's not short and fast. But it's also not, long you know, slow. Like Pacific Crest <laughs> yeah, Trail, exactly. you know, yeah. long and slow. It's it's a it's a interesting mix of the two. Three, anything between three to six days is like a sweet spots of of yeah, hard stuff and and interesting stuff. Like you have to make difficult decisions when it comes to sleep deprivation and and pushing on versus sleeping a little longer and and yeah. So I love following along with with the, the shorter stuff as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it takes a very diverse athlete, like somebody with a lot of strength mm-hmm. to be able to, to really nail FKTs in that distance. And John is like the perfect example of somebody who just has incredible talent at both extremes. I think anybody who does an FKT on a trail really impresses me. I don't have the balance or the coordination <laughs> or the depth perception. You know, anytime I try to go fast on a trail, I'm on my face pretty fast. So I'm, I'm impressed by all of them. I will say I still run into trees quite often because I clearly don't know how wide I am. <laughs> <laughs> like that does still happen. 
Jenny, were you able to to take a look at the list? I, I mean, they're all trails, right? Every single one of them is right. a trail. So yeah. I think that they're all showing skills that I don't have. That's impressive. I think, I think that is kind of interesting. You know, FKTs can be, you know, on, on a lot of different routes, but the vast majority are done on trail. And I think, Jenny, that's part of what makes your stand out uh, is just the fact that it's a, a long multi-day, you know, and over a month and it was not on trail. And I think that that's its own special um, type of effort and definitely part of the things that set your FKT apart this year. I think that, you know, since I'm on roads, I maybe do more miles per day, but um, I don't have the challenge of tripping hazards in quite the same way. Um, and I don't, I don't need as much coordination. It's really just kind of pounding it out and getting the miles in. But on the other mm -hmm. hand, if I'm being completely honest, if I would do the same mileage on, on uh, concrete and on road, I would for sure be injured. I'm sure mm -hmm. uh, just I'm not made for the repetitive movement on, on roads. Uh, and so for me, trail, okay, you trip over sometimes, but uh, for me, it's it's a way to not get injured. Uh, but on the road, I, I respect uh, people who can do extreme distances on road because it's uh, it's hard on the body for sure. Absolutely. Isn't it glorious how we're all built differently? Slow twitch, fast twitch, you know, different levels of coordination mm -hmm. and muscle memory. Yeah, yeah, definitely different strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, I'm with Carl. Like, my body does not like long distances on roads. Mm -hmm. Like, I start getting shin splints if yeah, I run more than like 15 <laughs> miles, you know, on a road at once. My body's like, what are you doing? Stop it. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, I think the yeah. shin splints are inevitable, but then you just work through right. them, right? That's the good thing about shin splints is that they heal. It's painful <laughs> for a week and then they heal. Yeah. I think it's just my body saying, this is, this is bad. Like, don't do this. Go back to the trail. <laughs> <laughs> it's much softer and much nicer. <laughs> well, I respect mm. it. Yeah. I do love the fact that there is such variety and, and that's part of the thing that I love about FKTs in general is because you can do unsupported, self-supported, supported trail, mountains, off trail road. Like you pick what is your strength and find routes that match up well with that. Actually, I have a suggestion for the FKT website. You know, you have sorting functions by geography and you can sort by distance, but there's no sort by surface, trail versus mm. road. And I just don't have the eyesight or the coordination to do trail, but I'm super excited about tackling FKTs. So I would love to have a sort function by surface. That's a really good idea. I like that. Carl, earlier you mentioned Barkley. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know if you intend to go back. <laughs> um, I, I don't intend to go back. I mean, I would love to go back uh, to crew for someone uh, to see the other side mm -hmm. of the of the story and the race and the adventure and, and spend some time at the campfire and then not sleeping and trying to help out somebody. Um, but yeah, maybe if I would have finished from my first try, then I would go back to, to experience failure and, and uh, the difficulties that the Barkley has, but failing two times and then finishing on the, on the third try has given me everything I was looking for. Uh, so yeah, for me, it's, it's a bit of a closed chapter and honestly, the training for it is, is so, yeah, so demanding. Uh, your winter is, is, is mm -hmm. just gone just by hill repetitions in, in the rain and in the dark. And yeah, but it's, uh, yeah. It has been really nice to, to go there and, and to compete and, and it's such a unique event. Yeah. Do you feel like the PCT is also a closed chapter for you or if somebody breaks your record, will you be back? Um, to me, it's a closed chapter. Um, so the way I see mm -hmm. my, my FKTs, uh, like the one on the Appalachian Trail as well and, and the Via Alpina in, in the Alps, 
it's just when I feel like I, I gave everything uh, I have in me um, and, and everything went great, then, then I'm happy with, with the results. Like despite uh, the PCT being, being a really heavy snow year and despite the 50 mile detour I had to do, I'm not thinking, yeah, I could have done a, a day faster or, or I want to go back to, to go even faster. To me, it's just I was able to push as hard as I wanted to go. Uh, the the uh, the teamwork was was incredible with with my crew, and it's just such a nice experience. I can look back on it with with pride. And now, if it gets broken, I don't need to go back and, and reclaim it. The first time, I mean, a lot of things went wrong in, in back in 2016, and even finishing, I was thinking, yeah, maybe in the long future uh, or on the long run, I, I should come back to with the experience I have now. Uh, but now PCT, AT, Alpine are, are close chapters and, and I'll happily uh, follow along with somebody who breaks it and, and then I don't feel the, the need to go back and, and reclaim it again. Jenny, like I feel like we talked about this in, in your podcast earlier about how that was sort of your experience with the Transamerica run. Obviously you got injured. You didn't get to complete it that first time. And then you went back and you were able to feel like you did what you wanted to do. So do you feel the same way? Like, is that like a closed chapter for you now too? Or do you, do you think you might want to try to run the route again faster someday? I think life is short and there are many routes in the world that I'd love to run. So now that I've checked that box, I'm going to look for other things. And it's not exactly like you've been kind of sitting around doing nothing since you got done. You, uh, you were just at the world 24 hour champs. So how did, how did that go? How do you feel? Yeah, that was, um, I did not expect it to go very well. I went with a lot of ambivalence and a lot of guilt because I was on the six woman American team and there were no alternates. And I had intended to cede my spot to the first alternate when I decided to do the transcon, because I knew that running 3000 miles three weeks before a world championship is not the best way to prepare myself for team USA. Mm -hmm. Um, but there were no alternates. And in fact, even one of the women who was on the team, um, had a stress fracture the week before. So we were already down once. There were five of us who went. Um, and I didn't have high expectations. I didn't even bring enough food <laughs> to, to finish. No. I thought, you know, I'll be lucky if I get 100 miles. Um, but a couple of women on the U.S. team had some trouble and ended up dropping early. And I realized about 12 hours in that I was going to have to score for the U.S. And then somehow the magic happened. Just knowing that I was competing with these two amazing other women for my country, I was able to keep going. And I, I still can't really explain what happened. I ran 138.7 miles, I think, um, when I thought I had would have been lucky to run 100. So mm. there's something magic about teamwork. And Carol, you alluded to this too when you did mm -hmm. the PCT. There's something magic about just when the team just clicks, you know? Um, and I guess I, I felt that way about the world championships. And I also felt that way about my transcon that I can't really imagine having had a better team. So it would be hard to go back and do the transcon again without that same loving team environment. It would be, it would be different. And I think that the world championships, on the other hand, that was a team experience. I, it was amazing. I've never experienced something quite so empowering from having two teammates on the course at the same time. And that I would love to do again, maybe not with a transcon right before. Right. Maybe with a slightly different lead up. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to know a little bit about what it's been like now post event. Cause like both of you did something that took over a month. I think you both did in about 40 
know, maybe I'm not remembering right, 47, 46, 47 days, each of you. So, I mean, that's a huge investment of your time and your energy, both ran thousands of miles this summer. What has the transition been like coming home after that, like back to work, back to family life, back to like, you know, obviously, Jenny, you just talked about the world championships, but what has the rest of that transition been like for you? I think I'm just, I'm really lucky. I have a great family and I have a great job. I teach, I have students I love. And so it's been relatively easy for me to just slide back into these great environments that I have at home. And it's almost sad because I slide back in so easily. It's, I feel like I'm losing the joy that was on the transcon. I mean, it took some time for my body to recover. I think for the first few weeks, I really just didn't want to move at all. Usually mm -hmm. I have actually a, a walking desk. I have a treadmill under my desk here at work. And so usually all day at work, I'm just walking two miles an hour. You know, not, mm -hmm. not really pushing myself, but at least I'm moving all day long. And for those first few weeks after I got back, I just didn't want to move at all. And it wasn't like a I wasn't thinking that I don't want to move. It was just my body wouldn't move. You know, I would turn the treadmill on and then subconsciously I would turn the treadmill off. Mm -hmm. So that was unusual for me. But I think I finally now, what is it, six weeks later, finally got back to the point where I'm walking without feeling that deep fatigue that I felt mm -hmm. in the first few weeks. Mm hmm. Carl, how about you? Yeah, pretty comparable, actually. Um, so, yeah, difficulties in the beginning and, and also just, I mean, yeah, it was really close to Barclay to to continue to train for, for the PCT and, and the PCT was there in no time after after finishing Barclay. So those last months of, of the entire or the entire uh, 2023 was just so intense for me. And so physically and, and especially mentally, I, I was ready to to take it easy for a while. Yeah, my resting heart rate was was so elevated. I was feeling so deeply tired and, and I was so hungry. But especially the mental side of it was, yeah, I did have a bit of difficulties. Just, I mean, yeah, I was just happy to, to take it easy for a while uh, because running had been so high on my time management or, or time uh, investment uh, for, for many months uh, leading up to it. And then on the PCT that I was now just happy to, to take it easy at work, to spend a lot more time with the family and, and just to, to take a break from running. So uh, I've been mm -hmm. eating a lot, drinking a lot, uh, going out with friends and, and uh, enjoying the good life. And, and I gained uh, quite a few pounds already, but that's all good. And <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just nice to take a break. Yeah, I saw you right after you got done with your FKT. You definitely needed to gain a little bit of weight. So good. <laughs> yeah, but now I'm at the, at the point where I should start taking it easy again. Yeah. <laughs> kind of plateau yeah. now. I, I'm in the same boat. I overshot a little bit. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, but the, the holidays are a good good time for that, though. You know, it's like it's the right time of year to indulge and, and recover and give your body that. I'm scared what'll happen if I indulge for 10 more days, though. I don't think that that's... <laughs> I think I need to turn this around right now. <laughs> right, right. Carl, you mentioned your resting heart rate. What other biomarkers or tips would you offer to people maybe who are coming off of a big training year for themselves and or are noticing that they don't really feel as good as they think they should for the level of training? Maybe they're bordering on overtraining or something like that. Like, what is it you look for? What are some tips you would give to people to watch for so that they know when it is time to dial it back and, and give themselves some recovery? Well, I think there's there's things that you can track with the, the watches we have nowadays, uh, which is easy to track, like resting heart rate. Like after the PCT, it was so incredibly high for me that that was like such a message saying, 
uh, okay, stop running now and take it easy. I mean, usually I'm at, at like 40 or something resting heart rate. And by the end of the PCT, I was at 92. Uh, and the entire month of September, slowly going down, uh, but staying 70 plus for, uh, for at least a couple of weeks. So that's one sign uh, that my body needs a lot of time to, yeah, to heal and, and to recover. And I just added to that is, is heart rate variability. So if it, it gets really low, your heart rate uh, variability, so the differences between every heartbeat, uh, it feels like uh, it, it shows that your body is, is recovering or, or is sick. Uh, so that was very low for a couple of weeks as well. And then <clears throat> on the other hand, just your general feel like mentally, if, if you're tired all the time, you don't feel like running then. And, and if it continues on for more than a week or two weeks, then for sure you need to think about taking it easy and taking a step back because then you're probably overtraining and uh, it's, it's never going to be good in the long term. Uh, either you get injured or, or you have a burnout uh, running wise. And, and uh, yeah, it's better to take it easy as, as soon as you're uh, yeah, mind says, okay, I'm feeling tired and, and I don't feel like uh, running. Maybe once in a while you have it uh, every now and then, of course, but if it's consistently that you're having to force yourself to go out running, then it's probably a very good time to, to take it easy. I know that, uh, you know, the heart rate thing is like one of the one of my go-tos after doing something big, like when I did the Washington PCT this summer, you know, and I, I took it easy for like a week or so. And then I went out and climbed a mountain with some friends and and I was like bringing up the rear. I was so far behind everybody. And I'm like looking at my watch and I was just like, my heart rate is like way too high, way, way higher than it normally is. And I'm still like dragging, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, like not fully recovered. It's yeah, funny and interesting at the same time. So basically also what I do every two years uh, is I do a checkup at the, at the cardiologist just because well, yeah, what we do is, is pretty extreme uh, day after day of, of running 15 to 18 hours a day. And I said to him about my resting heart rate that was going up so much towards the end of the PCT up to 90 plus. And he said for me, that would have been a red line. I, I wouldn't cross it. So usually I, I just go on feel and I feel great, but it was interesting mm -hmm. to see the scientific side of it. And, and that maybe we are crossing boundary or pushing limits and, and maybe going over limits. So it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, the, the feeling will... Yeah. To me, feeling is, is everything. So during the PCT, yeah. of, of course, I felt tired, but I felt great. I felt strong. I felt mm -hmm. happy out on the trail. So that was my body giving feedback that I'm at the right spot at the right time doing uh, something mm -hmm. I'm happy to do. So but it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've also always gone by feel, especially in the recovery period. But it is interesting to see the numbers and, and compare those as well. And see how they back up your feel because mm -hmm. like a lot of times as athletes, we're very in touch with our bodies. And so I think sometimes you don't necessarily need the numbers you can tell, but it is nice to correlate those as well and have some. Yeah. Backup. Also like if you are super, super motivated for something, then the, the dry data can, can hold you back as well. Like maybe you push aside the fact that you're feeling tired and, and you neglect it, uh, but your watch may be telling you, okay, it's time to take a break now. Uh, mm -hmm. and it can be a reality check of, of the fact that you're overdoing it uh, at a certain point. For sure. Jenny, do you have any, any tips or thoughts on this? No, I just go by feel. And actually I was curious. So I went to look at my Coros Evo lab metrics to see what my resting heart rate is. And it doesn't seem to even have collected data over the last three months. So I, I don't know. It's 56 <laughs> right now. So I don't know. That's pretty good. I'm standing. So I guess that's not too bad for standing. Yeah, um, definitely. 
so I guess I'm recovered and I did a 20 miler this morning. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I just go by feel. I, I love to run and you know, there's days that I'm not motivated and so I'll just take a day off. So I feel like I've been very lucky that my personal motivation has guided me to seem to stay within, within the lines. I mean, obviously you had, you know, the 24 hour race within a month of, you know, you're finishing your, your big transcon. What did you do in that interim? Were you, were you like, okay, well, I have to do these workouts to make sure that I'm ready. Or were you just going by feel or were you just, you know, were you running at all? Were you laying on the couch? Like, almost nothing. I did nothing for the first week. I tried to swim. So my plan was to just swim and do like one or two track workouts a week. Um, mm-hmm. And I couldn't swim because my body fat was so low and I don't even know how to float. With, you know, <laughs> like I, I know how to swim, but I got off the transcon and I just sunk. <laughs> so that was an Swimming experience in a life vest. I hadn't had before. <laughs> so I gave up on swimming pretty quickly. And then I sat on the couch for a week and then I was doing about 25 or 30 miles a week. Yeah, 30 miles a week for the last two weeks before that. So not very much, but at least kind of enough to keep moving. And I did throw in three track workouts there. But I really wasn't training seriously, and I did not go into that world championships with a very good mindset. But the magic of teamwork really, I guess, <laughs> pulled it out of me. I didn't know mm-hmm. it there. And I think, too, a lot of times, you know, people tend to overtrain close to a, an event, you know, because they're like, oh, I got to get in a few more workouts. And it's, sometimes it's better to go in rested and a little undertrained, you know, rather than overtrained or injured. That's uh, something that had been on my mind. Uh, in the past as well, like thinking about an FKT attempt as like finishing the AT or the PCT and then taking a month off. And then usually beginning of or mid-October, there's uh, the Backyard Ultra uh, in, in Lasse's backyard. Uh, oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. a part of me thinks, yeah, what if the PCT is just the perfect preparation for the Backyard Ultra? But the reality is that, yeah, at least to me, it doesn't work at all. <clears throat> I feel so tired and, and every run is, is just too much that by mid-October, I'm, I'm not at all recovered. And there's not a, a lot of teamwork involved in, in the backyard ultra, so that wouldn't push me right. forward. And I feel like for those listeners that don't know, the backyard ultra is a last man standing event. Um, I think for me, even if like physically, like I was to finish a PCT and feel physically ready, I think I'd still just be really mentally drained because there was so much intrinsic motivation needed for something for a last man standing event, you know, because, you know, it's, it's very structured and it's like, okay, you know, every hour on the hour, you gotta be like, go, (laughs) you know? And, and so I think that that would be, I think it would be harder mentally, even, even if the physical was there, it'd be hard to do those two big things back to back. Yeah, for sure. All right. So the million dollar question, what is next for 2024 or beyond? Carl? Um, Well, for me, it will be beyond because, yeah, 2023 has been such a a great year for me, finishing Barkley and then setting the record on on a PCT in in a difficult year. Um, But honestly, it was pretty intense as well, like training wise, uh, effort wise, um, also the whole organization behind it. Uh, so I do feel physically, I feel okay now, but mentally I feel like if I would start to prepare something for 2024, it would be too early for me. So I will take a sabbatical in in 2024, uh, for sure. I will be running a lot, hiking a lot, um, doing a lot of fun stuff outdoors. 
but just nothing that I'm signed up for, no races, no no bib numbers, uh, nothing like that. Just because I feel okay, I need it. I, I yeah, I just like running a lot. Uh, and I feel like I would be overdoing it by signing up for another FKT attempt or, or a big race. Uh, but then 2025 is, <laughs> uh, could be a lot of fun again, but yeah, I'm still figuring out what exactly I, I would do, but there are yeah two or three things that I, that I have in mind that I would like to go for. And then, yeah, one thing would be of course, to stay with what I have become a specialist at being the extremely long trails, uh, a few thousand miles, um, and, and going for an FKT uh, on, on a trail like that. And I know there's a extremely beautiful trail in, in New Zealand that, that runs the entire length of New Zealand. So that could be uh, a very big potential next uh, FKT attempt. Um, and then, yeah, I participated once in, in a backyard ultra, uh, back in 2020, uh, where I became world champion, but then at the time it was the world record of, of six, uh, 75 loops. Uh, but now they are at, at 108 or 110, uh, with Harvey Lewis. And honestly, I'm a bit yeah. interested to see <laughs> how I would react because that's what, what's interesting about the backyard concept. How, how do you deal with it mentally beyond 70 hours, 80 hours, 90, 100. Uh, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm starting to get interested. So maybe once more, I would like to compete at a backyard and hopefully the one in Tennessee in, in 2025, that would be awesome. <laughs> I would love to see you and Harvey toe to toe in Laz's backyard. Yeah. <laughs> I will, I will fly to Tennessee to watch that in person. Yeah. And we know each other from Barkley as well. And, and we we're good friends. So it would be, it would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it would be teamwork after all. And, and, we would push each other uh, as far as possible. That would be fun. Although by then, Harvey's going to have that distance up to like 120 yeah, laps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like that's that. that's what's super interesting, right? I mean, every, yeah. every time people think, yeah, that, yeah, now they just did it. That's the, the upper limit of the human body. And then people go further. And, and it's so interesting to see. Right. I'm going to not get this exactly accurate, but there's a quote out there that I love. And it's something about like, everything's impossible until somebody does it. Well, I, I look forward to following along in 2024 to see your adventures, but also, yeah, what your long-term goals are in the FKT realm as well. It'll be, it'll be fun to follow. I'm excited. <laughs> Jenny, how about you? It's funny. It seems like our goals are very parallel. I have also been stalking the New Zealand maps. Um, mm -hmm. and like Carl, I think, um, 2024 is a little too soon. I need to spend some more quality time with family and with my students and kind of get my groove back here. But I'm daydreaming. Um, and again, I'm not talented enough to tackle the trail. I did look at it, but um, there's a road record from north to south in New Zealand that looks pretty appealing to me. Um, I've never been to New Zealand. Seems like a lot of fun. Have some friends who live there. Backyard, not for me, but I am on the wait <laughs> list for Vol State this summer in 2024. So might get an opportunity to meet Laz in a different format again on roads. Right. But I think an, another big thing um, is that I really would like to go back to the World Championship 24 hour. And this was really just such an amazing, magical experience for me to be on a team like that. Um, and so much of running is solitary. I mean, it's not. When you do a crude um, long attempt like this, you rely on your team. You're very close to your team. Um, and definitely my FKT across the U.S. was absolutely a team effort. Uh, and I owe a huge debt of gratitude to my team. But it's a different kind of teamwork. And I think being at the 24-hour 
uh, world championship where we're all teammates on the course together is something that I would love to experience again in Albi, France, 2025. Yeah, I mean, it's a completely different dynamic to be part of a team that is supporting you versus a team that is competing together. It's a very different dynamic. And yeah, they're both really great, but they're very different. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I've been to New Zealand. I have not done the Te Arara. I've been on sections of it, but I could definitely see it catering to both of your strengths, honestly, because there is actually, I know you said there's a road route, Jenny, but there is a, also a lot of road on the actual Te Arara proper. So I don't know. I think, I think both of you will, um, will enjoy whatever you end up doing, um, especially if you go to New Zealand. Yeah. I sure hope it works out. Well, thank you again so much for both coming on the show today to kind of rehash 2023 and FKT of the year. And, you know, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Well, thank I you. Enjoyed it, as well. it was an honor to yeah. meet you, Carol. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Congratulations yeah. again. Yeah, you too. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks again, Jenny and Carol, for coming on the show. You can read about their FKTs, as well as listen to full podcasts with each of them about their individual efforts on the website, fastestknowntime.com. I also want to give a special thank you to John G for supporting the FKT podcast. John G makes trail running essentials designed to go further, perfect for your next FKT. And beyond making super durable trail running apparel that's backed by a five-year run everywhere guarantee, they also donate 2% of sales to clean water programs in the places we run. So far, John G has donated $1 million to clean water and counting. Take advantage of a 10% off coupon at johng.com with code FKT. 